Hi, and welcome to another episode of The Consulting Trap. I'm your host, Brian Maddox, and I am joined today by Ben Lund from Rise Marketing Group. Ben, welcome. Hey, Brian. Thanks for having me here. Ben, uh, I'm super excited to talk to you today. We, we, we got a chance to do a little bit of a heads up last week, um, and our conversation then was wonderful. But I think uh, we should start to clue the folks in that are listening. Uh, so can you tell us a little bit more about how you got started with your practice and, and what you're up to now? Yeah. So, well, how long do we get have here? Just kidding. <laughs> um, so, I mean, how, really how this all began, I've been in the marketing and advertising world since 2005. So a good few years and uh, worked at various companies, um, always in marketing and advertising from like monster.com, um, Yahoo, which was so much fun. And that was when Yahoo was a Google and people went to Yahoo to do their search and be connected online, and then ad agency. And then I was at Google here in Cambridge, right outside the Boston area from 2014 to 2018. But I always wanted to start my own business. And I never knew what that would be until I was like, well, I have a decent amount of uh, knowledge in marketing and advertising. Why don't I do that? So pretty much uh, four and a half years ago, took the leap of faith and founded Rise Marketing Group and we're a performance uh, marketing agency. And um, that's really just what led to it. Just I always wanted to start something and build something, and um, and here here we are, four and a half years later. So, help me out. Explain me a little bit more what a performance marketing group is, opposed to. I mean, there's there's marketing groups all over the place. There's digital yep. marketing. There's online people. People have confused that term broadly with all yes. sorts of different meanings. Can you tell me what you mean by performance marketing group? Yeah. So it's really. Performance marketing, in my opinion, it's being very focused on what the true North Star is. In our case, that's business growth. So for our clients, they're looking for more leads, more customers, dollar in, dollar out. If we're investing $10 on Google ads, are we going to get $20 in return or $25 or $30 or $15? Making sure that we're focused on growing businesses through marketing. That could be through advertising on Google or Meta. It could be email marketing, social media management, et cetera. But that's what a performance marketing shop is all about. Now, other marketing agencies, um, they might be more focused on branding of we're going to revamp your brand and we're going to give you great exposure and build your awareness. That's not really us. Um, we're more focused on you know, transactional outcomes um, to drive some business growth. So, makes- yeah, that's that's a very helpful. Thank you for that. When um, when you started this, you say four and a half years ago. Um, how how did you get your first couple clients? Hustle. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, so I founded Rise. I had one small client that gave me a verbal. They didn't even sign anything yet before I left Google. And then it just kind of, you know, leveraging my network, putting the word out there, went to a small business conference on like my first day outside of Google. And yeah, just more or less just hustling, um, finding connections, see how we can help, leveraging the network, which I did and obviously still do to this day, have a strong network. But just let them know that, hey, Shops open, Rise Marketing Group, here we go. If you know of anyone that needs support. And um, you know, and every every client, no matter how small it was, was a huge win because that was just like 
proof of business concept. Like, okay, awesome. One client, two clients. That means I can do this for that much longer. But yeah, I mean, it just it came down to hustle. <laughs> hustle and getting out there and not not shying away and not being afraid to, you know, go to conferences and just put yourself out there. So um one of the challenges was with with uh, the kind of entrepreneurial mindset, right? Is that we tend to forget or or gloss over a lot of the suffering that we go through when we start up. Yes. Right? And we put it in words like hustle. Yeah. Or we put it in words like grit. And and those things sound great from like a, a, a rear view mirror. Yes. But it's super difficult for someone to leverage that concept. Yes. Can you can you explain to me more? <laughs> I know I know this is a yeah. tricky question. Can you like like literally you woke up, you, you know, your first day out of Google, you decided that you're gonna do this. What what did you do right away? Like what was step one? Yeah, I mean, it sounds silly. So left Google, and then the next day, uh, there was a great small business conference right here in Boston. You know, I think I printed out one one sheeters, business cards, just going, meeting people. And yeah, put it out on social. And, um, you know, I have two older brothers, and they were super helpful in connecting me. And actually, both are entrepreneurs connecting me with other businesses to get some footing. But yeah, that hustle. You're right. I've never thought about it that way. A lot of times you gloss over it, like, yeah, I just hustled. It's a lot of work. And and also when you're starting it, there's a couple of pillars that you're balancing. It's like new customer acquisition, which if you don't have that, you don't have anything. Then you get the client. So then you actually have to do the work, but you're still new building new business. Yeah. So that's two. And then three, oh, I just started a business. So I need to figure out what does that even mean in terms of like your filings and how to even run a business? And then, and then, and then, of course, you have any other personal things going on at the time. Um, we, have, we had two young kids. Now we have three kids. So yeah, you're right. Um, you don't want to just gloss over a hustle because it's a lot. But if you're passionate about it, and you're like, okay, this is my shot. You know, you just you just have a lot more energy because especially being confined to a larger company and Google was great no no doubt every employer that I had but it gives a certain amount of like energy of like okay this is it let's um let's make an honest effort out of it yeah i i uh, i love working in the small business space for a lot of reasons but one of the one of the reasons is agility the agility is just amazing mm-hmm. you can you can get a small business owner and turn on a dime um, and, and you can't steer the big corporates like that as well. Uh, they, they don't just like open a new market space because somebody said, Hey, why don't you give that a go? <laughs> um, so when, when you were starting on day one, and I don't want to, I don't want to like keep, keep poking there, but when you were starting on day one, did you have, um, like services already defined? Did you, yeah. you showed up with a one sheeter, you must've done yeah. some pre-work there, right? Um, yeah. before your conference with like, uh, here's what I'm going to sell. Here's how I'm going to approach the market. Here's my ICP. Did you have it? All that stuff cooked up? Uh, yeah, I would say 80% of the way. So I had a general idea of what I'm offering. Well, I, no, I knew what I was offering. At the time, it was just advertising. So now we've grown still relatively small, but me plus 10 others. And we do social media, email marketing, SEO, in addition to ads. But we started just doing ads because that was like my core focus throughout my career. So yeah, it was just a straight out, you know, 
ad retainer. Um, this is what we're going to do. Uh, but yeah, it's, I would say compared to the offering now, it's probably like 60%. Um, but even at the time, it was a, it was a good offering, um, but it wasn't fully baked yet of you know the approach, how we're doing this. And obviously there comes with so many learnings, but um, yeah. It's interesting. I mean, I, the reason I ask is because I think um, it's there's a, a couple of different quotes that apply, but uh, I, I guess we'll use the Mike Tyson one because why not, right? Everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth kind of thing. Um, you know, that process, that pre-launch process where you go through and you're like, oh, this is what I'm going to build. This is what I'm going to cook up and the market's just going to eat it like crazy. Yes. Um, it sounds like you had day one success or close to it, which is really uh, abnormal in my experience. So there must have been something to that, something, some magical uh, yeah, work maybe. there. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, we had some early success. Um but that, I mean, it changed over time. And you're right. Like, I mean, even at Rise, we work with a lot of startups and I love work and small businesses. And I love that segment because as you mentioned, they're super agile. They're quick with making decisions. And if you can positively impact a business, like that's awesome. That's super fulfilling. But sometimes businesses come up to us and be like, Ben, got this idea. It's going to be amazing. We're going to have so many customers. Like, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Before we're going to be spending a lot of money and you're paying for all this traffic or time and effort to do SEO, one, do you have any customers? Because you want to make sure that you have a viable product and people like the product or services. And then two, do you have a halfway decent website? Because everything can sound so great. And early on in my career at Rise, sometimes a company would come up to me like, oh, this is going to be amazing. I'm like, you're right. It is going to be amazing. And then we go, we're like, ooh, there's a lot of business things that need to be worked out that the market's just not latching on to this. So before you go crazy on marketing and getting this out there, that huge piece needs to be flushed out a bit. So uh, absolutely, right? That um, being, understand, being able to understand your product market fit and, and where that is and you know whether like the pain points of your ideal client and all of that, that's like sort of ground floor level stuff, but um, you don't know that you got it wrong until you've hit the market with it, right? So it's always, always trial and error, right? Oh, always. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I think uh, I think that's that's why the why I'm glomming on your story. It's so surprising because it was just like, nope, off we get. <laughs> yeah. And, and I mean, I wasn't creating anything of, uh, like I wasn't creating a new platform or a new tech, marketing tech that's truly unproven. I mean, I was just selling Google ad management, Microsoft right. ad management. So if you're a small business and people are Googling whatever product or service you offer, um, we can get you there. And then, so I was, I was latching on something that was already successful. I mean, there's a lot of performance marketing agencies, but then I think our spin is, which continues to evolve, is just the data-driven approach that we take to this. And um, and now, I, obviously, we offer a ton of different services, so we can have like a true, well-rounded marketing strategy that's not just Google Ads. It's it's really looking at everything 360. So when you're, you know, clearly you've you've evolved since you started. When you're sitting down looking to determine what you're going to add to your marketing or add to your service portfolio, what what are the decision making processes you're going through to kind of say, oh, let's open that market, or no, I definitely don't want it. Like, 
I don't want to do TikTok videos. That's just not yeah. my jam or whatever <laughs> it is. Like, how do you, uh, how do you figure out what to add to your portfolio set? Yeah. So I think it hinges on value to customers. Um, and I'll give you a four and eight example. So early on, we're just doing all ads. So start off with Google and Microsoft, Meta, Facebook, Instagram, et cetera. And then clients kept on asking us like, oh, do you do SEO? Or no, actually, I was pitching SEO. I'm like, okay, we're doing these ads. I'm like, you should really invest in SEO. It's not going to drive immediate return, but long-term, it's going to be really helpful. They're like, great, Ben. Do you offer them? Like, no, I don't. But yeah, you should talk to a couple of good buddies of mine. They do it. And I had a bunch of those conversations. I'm like, you know what? We can do SEO. And then so we built out a practice. And early on, we were just charging, um, just just really covering our costs. We're like, hey, you're a beta, you're a beta partner. Do you mind if we do this? I'm not going to upcharge. We're just going to cover our, our costs. And um, so that's it. And then we built out an SEO practice, but it's really based off of value for our clients. So if clients are asking like, hey, do you do email marketing? Do you do this? And we see that this would be really helpful for their business. Then we're going to open it up. And most recently, that was social media management that we added to our portfolio maybe 10 months ago and brought on a social media manager where clients were asking for it. We know there's value in it. Um and if we feel like we could do the, a really solid job and and also for small businesses, their budgets are a lot less and we can provide a really good product for a price that makes sense, then we're going to go into it. Um, so yeah, it's really, I guess, listening to your clients. Have you? <laughs> oh, <laughs> go figure. <laughs> oh, maybe we should do that. <laughs> so, but have you have you ever uh, been in a situation where you're like, yeah, there's no way that they could pay me enough to want to do that? Um, yeah, and yeah, there are situations or will be situations where, like, we brought on a web developer in house, and now the question is, and he's awesome and does a lot of great work and set up measurement and landing pages and tweaks. But then it brings the question of, should we do website development? I, like like building out websites, that's TBD there because that's a ton of work. Will the small business segment, which is only one of those segments that we focus on, but you know, do they have five to 10 grand to pony up for a new website? I don't know. Like, I don't know if that's a thing. Or maybe if we do offer website development, maybe it's not, uh, maybe it's on some verticals and not others. Because it has to be a fit. So um, we haven't had too many of those early on, but I could definitely see that coming out where, you know, you just need to get that that feedback. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a challenging space, right? I mean, you you'll get into situations like I've been in situations where you have to fire clients. Like, yeah, there's no amount of money that's going to make me want to work with somebody that's going to continue to act in this way, but. Um, when you're talking about adding or, or changing your service service profile that you're you know approaching the market with, that's a little bit different. You know, there are some some bits of work where you're just like, yeah, maybe we could, but should we really? I mean, and and the demand, the market demand isn't enough, right? Not, in those cases, yeah. you need to be, and you need to be generally passionate about it. You need to be into. It. You don't want to just do it just for the sake of yeah, clients ask for it, we want to do it. Um, and then another thing that's happened is, you know, prices like early on, we were charging not that much for some Google ads because, well, 
it was just me and a computer. So there's zero overhead. And now we have a team and we go to conferences and continue to like educate ourselves. And so, you know, our rates have increased appropriately to really, because we offer so much more now and we have multiple levels of management and um, the expertise. And so that's another thing that's been evolving over time. It's like, okay, I used to charge this. We can't anymore. We won't even be profitable. And um, so then, you know, fees update as well, but they correlate with service that we're providing in the skill side. Right. So the 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 journey from from the the short journey, right, four and a half years uh, from where you started to where you are now, uh, that's an that's an impressive amount of growth. How did you, um, uh, you know, as you were scaling and growing, there's there's the natural like questions that you come up with, like, mm, do I have the budget to hire at this point? When do I hire my first manager? When do I hire, fire my hire my first manager of managers? Tell me a little bit about those those waypoints that you you went through along the way. Oh man, yeah, I, I have them today. I'm having them this morning. I had one yesterday. Um, but yeah, it's true. It's um, yeah, those decisions are really tough because when you bring on a new employee, awesome, but employees aren't cheap. You have payroll, you have benefits, you have taxes. I didn't even know you had to pay taxes when you hire people, but you do. Um, and it's a lot. And then there's also a ramp up associated with that. So anytime we bring on an employee, I always look at long-term, like, you know what, we're going to bring on someone. We're not even going to break even for the first you know, quarter, two quarters, but then quarter three, quarter four, then they're going to be providing more value to the agency than, um, than we're paying them. So it's definitely a growth play. Um, but I had kind of, I had thought even earlier on, and hopefully I'm not rambling, rambling here, but even earlier on when I was just me and a laptop, I was like, ooh, I'd be so much more efficient if I had a monitor and then add my keyboard and all this like setup. I'm like, ooh, but that's a, an expense. Can I afford that right now? And even then, it's a simplistic terms. You had to go through what the analysis is. But um, I mean, these are questions, and I imagine you go through the same um, that I'm you know, going through nonstop, really, because you want to have that right balance of hiring or bringing on resources for growth, but you don't want to over leverage yourself like, oh, shoot, like, (laughs) I thought this would be great. And we'd have so much work, but a lot of people are just kind of twiddling thumbs. This isn't good. Um, So yeah, it's a balance. And sometimes it's some luck. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. The the things about the the scaling and growing part of that dynamic. Um, I, I I was talking to my my old man and he described um, early on we would go we we back when I was much younger um, he was like well look with let, let me go show you how to you know go to a casino blah 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 and he said look the only difference between that table there and this table here is one zero you play the table the exact same way yeah yeah. And the same is true when you're making the small decisions around, do I buy this piece of equipment? Yeah. And the larger decisions, do I take on a six-figure commitment to bring somebody on the team? Yeah. Um, it's you, you just have to, the only thing that really is different is the size of the wallet and the complexity of the, the problems. Right? Yeah. Um, and so I think that that, 
that kind of uh, understanding, I think, is really important. One of the things that, though, that will naturally happen as you recruit more team members is you're going to find that your role has to change. Do you find it difficult to let go of the reins on some of the smaller stuff? I mean, when it was with you and a laptop, you could you could have had ultimate control. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing I've, I was always in client services or for the most part um, throughout my career. So then once we brought on first employee, um, we had to, yeah, I was just like, okay, well, this is a couple of awesome accounts that you can work on. I'm going to be there to support you, but it's almost like letting go of like, it's going to be okay. They're super talented. And frankly, in some areas, they're even more talented than I am. So it's just like, let it go let it so yeah that was definitely um something earlier on i had to get used to and just trust trust the team and and then as i said earlier the team many of the team members are way more talented in certain areas than i am um and i just lean on them and like even if they were to like hey ben can you lead this client call on in this case like social or email like yeah i could do it I'll do an honorable job, but I wouldn't be to their level. Like they're in in it day in and day out. But I guess um, good advice for anyone in this position or soon to be, you just have to trust and give some level of autonomy and no one wants to be micromanaged. Um, and if there's an issue, then you work on it together. But um, nine and a half or even greater times out of 10, it's going to be okay. <laughs> that is... Uh... That is probably one of the strongest pieces of advice and the most and the simplest, right? Yes. It, it's all going to be just fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's all going to be fine. That's awesome. Um, so, Ben, as we wrap up here, I want to ask uh, a couple quick questions. Sure. Uh, first things first, who should be reaching out to you for more information and how should they do so? Yeah. Um, so I would say any business that they just have a feeling that they probably should outsource some level of digital marketing where they're doing it or they're just not seeing a lot of growth from it, whether it be advertising, email marketing, SEO. And um, and of course, as we talked about earlier, they need to be like a viable business, have a decent website because we don't want to drive traffic or marketing a site that's just subpar and we can refer out to any developers. But yeah, Anyone who's in that mold of like, you know, I'm just not getting as much as I feel like I should get from digital. Let me have a conversation. And how it works on our end is it's not a hard sell by any means. Um, we'll have a conversation in general that leads to auditing their program. So if they are advertising on Google, be like, okay, let's look under the hood. And I'll let you know. I'm like, if they're like, like, actually, you're doing a pretty good job. We could do a couple of things, but whoever's doing this for you, you know, Thumbs up to them. They're doing great. You should continue, but maybe you should focus on other things. But we just audit the program to assess out what the true opportunity is. Um, so yeah, that would be that's who I think would be a good fit. And how should they get a hold of you? Oh, sorry, uh, Rise, Rise Marketing Group. So our website is risemkg.com. You can email me Ben at risemkg, and then um, I'll be the one to have a conversation, assess out what the opportunity is. And um, and just go from there. Awesome. And then in your journey, uh, how what are the what are the three biggest points or learning points or things that you picked up along the way that have made the difference? Yeah, the biggest things is 
a couple. You, you know, I'm going to go back to what we talked about earlier on the startup is when you start a company or product or whatever it is, you you just need to get out there and you know, getting back to like the whole like hustle, even though hustle is way more than just like a glamorous term, like, oh, he hustled just like Gary Vee. Like it's so, it's a lot of work, but you got to get out there. You have to get out there in some format with your network, your peers, go to conferences and just get out there. So that's one I would just say like, first and foremost, it's not one of these things. It's not like the field of dreams. If you build it, they will come. It's like, no, you need to build it. And then you just got to get out there. Um, Another thing is being flexible. Um, And you mentioned this earlier and the beauty of working with small businesses is they're so agile. They can just like flip on a dime, like, oh, this isn't working. Let's change this. Or I'm seeing success here. Let's go. But be flexible. What you start off with envisioning, chances are, isn't going to be what you're going to end with and it's going to shift along the way and just be flexible and open to change because changes, I mean, it sounds cliche, but like change is truly the only, the only constant. And if you just have some level of flow and adaptivity, that would be great. Um, last bit, um, just have fun. I mean, anyone who's a small business, like, yes, I know it can be hard, all this stuff, but you should be doing what you really enjoy doing and have fun doing. It. And if there's something about the the business, the journey, whatever it is that you don't like, well, guess who's the boss? You're the boss. You can make that change. Be like, I hate doing invoicing. I'm going to bring in a bookkeeper and they're going to take all that for me because I just do not like that. But um, it should always be having fun because your clients will pick up on it. If you're not having fun, they don't want to work with you. It, it, it just, it's very contagious. Your employees won't like it, but always... Try to have some level of fun every day and what you don't like to do. That's totally fine. You shouldn't like doing everything. Again, like I don't like invoicing. I don't like doing some tedious things. Then there's there's people who actually do like it and you should bring them on board. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, Ben. I want to thank you so much for your time today um, and uh, definitely check in with us in the future and let us know how you're doing. Okay. I love that, Brian. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Consulting Trap. If you have suggestions for future episodes or would like to be a guest on our show, please send me an email at brian at podcastchef.com. That's B-R-I-A-N at P-O-D-C-I-S-T-C-H-E-F dot com. Before we go, we'd like to thank the sponsor of our show, Podcast Chef. Podcast Chef helps turn ordinary podcasting into a revenue-generating lead magnet for your consulting business. Our podcasting done-for-you service takes away the headache of starting up and running your own podcast. Reach out now to take advantage of our 30-day money-back guarantee. Visit us at podcastchef.com to find out how our team of experts can help you leverage podcasting to take your business to the next level. Hey, you. Yes, you. It's uh, 2024 and you don't have a podcast yet. Or maybe you do, but you're struggling with it. Uh, We will talk to you about that uh, for free. We'll help you figure out uh, where you might be stuck, uh, whether or not we can help you for sure. But also, uh, if you don't have one yet, what are the like first five things you can do uh, 
what are some great angles that you can use to make sure that your podcast was sustainable as you start to develop that moving forward? Uh, those consults are free. So reach out at the link below uh, in the show notes or email me at brian at podcastchef.com. Thanks. Hi, this is Brian. Thanks for listening to the show. Uh, our website, podcastchef.com, has a ton of useful information about how to best leverage podcasting to help you solve some of your business goals and challenges. You can also schedule a demo uh, where we can show you how specifically Podcast Chef and our team can help you with some of your podcasting goals. Thanks.